On the tee, the knackered golfist. Oh, get in there. Nice. All right, welcome to the knackered golfist. Uh, I went to uh, Sierra Pines Golf Course to putt on their green during this uh, gale force wind sort of storm coming through Sacramento area this weekend. I couldn't come to the uh, golf course yesterday because of uh, family commitments, but uh, I just wanted to give it to you guys straight that uh, it is my goal, it's my purpose doing this podcast to inform you on my every sort of visit to the putting green, you know, successes and realizations. I'm just, you know, I, I got these cool putters for my birthday that's in that's this month, and I've always been a fan of the Ping B60 putter that's the beryllium copper version. And it's, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Faldo's my golfing hero, and he used one back in the early 90s to win the, uh, the 92 British Open. And he also used it when I was watching the tournament solely, and I actually recorded the tournament in 93 when Greg Norman won at Royal St. George's. But Faldo was using the... Uh, the Ping B60 Brilliant Copper version, and I just thought it was the coolest putter that any anybody could ever want. You know, I've had two B60s that were the stainless steel version, but in my ripe old age of 50, you know, I, I decided it was time to actually buy one of those, and I didn't really spend a lot of money on it. I, I saw the uh, price for them on eBay, and they're a bit much, but I did find one that was a bit more supposedly uh, more knackered than the other ones were, and I got it. It was, it was, you know, a lot of these putters that are on eBay are completely overpriced, and it's just, it's just a matter of looking that you'd actually find somebody that's willing to part with one for less money, and a lot of these guys that, that, that uh, join these groups to sort of find out how much their clubs are worth are just trying to sell their shit on eBay and get the maximum amount of profit out of them. And it's sort of it's sort of disingenuous, I think. I think if, if somebody's really, I don't know, you go into golf club collecting to sort of try to make money and scam the other person, you think you're going to get $500 out of a ping answer that's, that people claim that are, that's beryllium copper when it's not. It's, it's just the magnesium bronze is all it is. And all, and all it takes is a little bit of knowledge of history of what the golf clubs were. But it's like this notion of trying to charge a, a, a genuine uh, enthusiast for a putter that's going to be, you know, along the lines of, what do you call it, the Terillion putter that he made, the Newport Terillion putter, those things are up, those things could be about at least $500 right now. And I used to have one. And I was stupid to sell it on eBay. I should have kept it. But I, I have one. I have another one that's not. It's not that fancy, but it's a. Uh, it's a. It's a Scotty Cameron. But I'm not parting with that ever. So I don't know. Just the the uh, the gouging that goes on on eBay is just off the charts. So anyway, um, you can you can find a diamond in the rough even on eBay sometimes. And uh, so I got this Ping B60 Brilliant Copper Putter that actually is straight out of the box, 
one of the brilliant putters that I've ever owned, and it's got the, uh, it still has the old, um, the ping lined grip on it that was the number five grip that doesn't have the number five on my putter, but it, it was that that lined grip that they used to use from Golf Pride was the greatest ping butter ping putter grip that they ever had, and uh, so I got that, and then I got this other putter. That's a uh, it's a B61, and I found that in beryllium copper, and I found that, and I was actually on the green. I, it, they said that it was like 33 inches, but it's not. It was like it was like 35. But I both my putters and my length of choice on a putter is 36 inches because I'm a I'm a pretty big bag of water, and I I need a bit of length on the putter because I'm tall, and uh, you know that's that's what that is. So anyway. I had a great time. It was really blustering wind. It could have it could have had gusts up to 50 miles an hour on the green. I'm thinking to myself, well, hey, you know, this this is probably how they play golf in Texas or or Scotland at least to get a chance to actually putt on the green when nobody's around. It's pretty cool. And and I went on this Sierra Pines golf course. It's got a it's the best green in Roseville if you ever get a chance to come to Roseville, California. The uh the putting green at Sierra Pines is really simple and flat, but it's got it's got small undulations and it's run by the Del Webb uh, Community Corporation, and they do a pretty good job. They but the only downside is they have those stupid sort of putting green flag sticks that are in them, and when it rains, it doesn't allow the uh, it doesn't allow the cup to clean itself with the rain. The rain doesn't clean it. But anyway, I took all those flags out because nobody was around. I took them, I gathered them all up, and I put them next to the door for the uh, pro shop. And uh, that was my due diligence, my good deed for the day, was to take all those stupid flags out and actually putt the way God intended putting to be, which was to be putter, strikes the ball, ball rolls on the green, and approaches the hole and gets in the hole without a stupid flag stick in it. So I really hate those things, and you can you can quote me on that. Those are the biggest sort of annoyances that I have visiting a putting green is how many and how prevalent the uh, the putting green flag sticks are. And I can understand that if you're older and if you're elderly, I, I don't know. That's that's up to you. I'm, I'm not that I'm not at that point yet, and I still kind of want to work on my abs where I bend down and pick up the ball out of the hole. And it's the uh, it's the true golfist experience is to uh, putt on a green without a stupid you know putting green flag stick in it. And so, and and it's, and, it's, and it it wasn't even any kind of the elegant ones with the metal, but it was the dinky sort of cheap plastic stuff with the flags on them. And I just hate those things. I just can't stand them. And uh, they're 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 just pointless in my opinion. The best green in Sacramento or in my area of Placer County is probably the uh, well no you have different you have a flattish kind of a green that's at Sierra Pines but then you just gotta take matters into your own hands and just and just remove the flag sticks and then don't let any person tell you to put them back so um, you know I was at a putting green at the uh, the Thunder Valley Golf Resort a few weeks ago and I was actually on the green and I decided to take out the uh the stupid plastic putting green flags because I was sort of I was using like three holes on this green and there was nobody around and then this 
member at Sierra View Country Club comes over and tries to put the flagsticks back, and I had to convince him to uh, to leave them out because that's how I putt, and it's like when you when you have, I, I don't know that's just that's just kind of it, it ended up well I was able to like you know converse my way out of it but I just got the point home to him that's like I'm not putting with stupid flagsticks so especially on a putting green so that guy got the gist of what I was doing I was told him I was I was telling him that I was working on my abs to uh to reach down and pick the ball up out of the hole anyway so, long story short, I was able to, you know, continue on with my uh, putting on the on the green with no flag sticks, and uh, this guy was, uh, ended up having a pretty good conversation with him, so I'm annoyed by that stuff. So anyway, I had a good time on the green, and it was in between, you know, supposed rounds of the AT&T Pebble Beach National Ampro, and um, I did... I did sucker. I did. I did get suckered by the postcard today. I did watch it for like an hour and a half until, and it wasn't on today. They showed the third round today, and what I did is I was doing something else. But I, I had it mostly on mute the whole time. But uh, not the whole time. But when I was doing little breaks on my uh, activity, I was doing. I uh, was watching uh, Ludwig Aberg or whatever his name is hit some really high shots in the air, and I think that guy has a real promising chance of winning the Masters because he, I think he hits the ball high like Jack Nicklaus used to hit it. And then I got to see Scotty Scheffler play some good golf out there. He had some good drives on the uh, on the eighth hole. I saw him play the eighth hole at Pebble Beach, and um, it was good to see that because because. Scotty's doing. Scotty's gonna do something. I think it's great to watch Scotty Scheffler whenever he plays golf. I just love watching him play. Um, God, the way he takes the club out and then brings it back and then comes around is just really awesome. Um. So anyway, there's that. So anyway, so the 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 pro. So I've been I've had this beef about the PGA Tour doing this so-called West Coast swing where they come to Pebble Beach, and, and having Pebble Beach as the highlight of the uh, the West Coast swing is sort of a joke, in my opinion, because at least in the last five to ten years, there have been instances where the where there's been play delay or, or play stoppages or postponements or whatever because of the weather. And, you know, why not come back to Pebble Beach in, like, May or maybe even June or something like that. Why Why is it that the Pebble Beach tournament has to be in February? Why do they have to do that? Why can't they just... Why can't they just have all their tournaments on the West Coast in, uh, like, Southern California, like San Diego, L.A., um, Palm Springs, and then they could probably... They used to have three... They used to have they used to have four Southern California tournaments. They used to have the the, the Mercedes Championships at La Costa in Carlsbad. Then they had the Buick Invitational at Torrey Pines. Then they had the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic in Palm Springs. And then they had the LA Open at Riviera. And I thought that was the what's what is called. I, I thought it was really cool because I used to go to all. I didn't. I never went to the Bob Hope Crash Classic, but um, but I, this whole notion of thinking that Pebble Beach is this 
the savior of the PGA Tour is just such a joke. I'm really sick of all the attention that gets paid to Pebble Beach because I think it's the most overrated tournament on the PGA Tour schedule. And with all the effort and arm and a leg that you have to pay to get down there and just being completely inconvenienced by it being in the wintertime and you're not able to see the whole golf course is just a joke to me. It's just like, wow. You really have to sucker people into watching golf by claiming that it's a postcard. And even when the sun isn't out, you really go down and you really sucker people. And you really, it's like you could show... A, 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 a tournament in like the sunshine in Southern California, and and it's just like why bother coming to Pebble Beach in February? Why do you do that? I'm really fed up with it, and I, you know, the tournament's going to end now tomorrow, and instead of people being excited about the Super Bowl happening this weekend or next weekend, and with the uh, with the media stuff that's going to happen going into the Super Bowl, you have to focus on who won the tournament when you're actually back at work on Monday. And it's like you miss the chance of seeing the winner of the tournament because you're at work, and it's just such a shame. It's just such a shame. You can't just sit down and watch the golf, and then they have all the commercials that take your experience away from it. And I've just, I've just, been, I've just been so frustrated by the whole thing. And I, I really wish that they would just change the time and date of when they have that tournament. Why not have it in, like, September? Or why not have it in May? You know, I thought the the opportunity they had when they had that match play at Harding Park, I think it might have been at least 2013 or 2014. It could have been earlier than that. But it was, like, the one that Rory won, Rory McIlroy won. And it was when... Um, Miguel Angel Jimenez almost got into a fist fight with uh, Brigan Cadley. And uh, I just thought that that tournament was great to have it in May. And uh, they almost had, I mean, they almost had the PGA. I mean, they, they almost had the PGA at Harding Park in May. That was the original schedule for it. But, the, but, after, but during the COVID thing, they had it in August, which was still good. But I wasn't able to go, and I'm still frustrated by not being able to go. And they still, the PGA Tour... And the PGA of America, the USGA, have not made up for everybody having to miss the PGA Championship at Harding Park. They have not made up for it. And it is it is wrong. It's wrong. I mean, this whole supposed signature series event that they're having at Pebble Beach, there's only a, hand, there's only a, a handful of these, uh, what do you call it, the world-renowned players that haven't gone to live yet but are tempted to go to live. Um, those guys barely, I mean, there's hardly any of those guys left. And it's like, why bother? Why bother doing that? I mean, Liv is in Mexico this weekend, and, and it might be, it might end up being a better tournament just because of the venue and the time of year, and, and it's not, there's no risk of having any rain or wind or anything like that. And this whole thing about canceling play when there's too much wind, get out of here. Get out of here. They played the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach in gale force winds and nobody stopped play and Todd Kite still won and it was still a lesson in what somebody from a windy climate like Texas could accomplish by playing golf in the wind at Pebble Beach during the U.S. Open. It can be done and it's a joke that uh, that the PGA Tour cannot have a tournament with too much wind. They have to extend the tournament 
And it's like, what do you do for your sponsors? What do you do for your uh, your uh, charities that depend on that tournament finishing on time? Oh, man, it's just crazy how they – and then, the, oh, man, don't get me started about the shot that I saw Rory McIlroy hit on the first hole, I think, on Thursday when he was playing at, at – at, uh, at uh, what do you call it? At uh, what's the other venue they're playing now? Spyglass Hill. Yeah. So he hits his drive on the first hole, and then it ricochets off of a tree into a like embedded area on the fairway. And then he's spending five minutes. To, and this whole video that they did for a guy to play one hole was ten minutes long, I think. And so. They're fiddling around trying to find Roy McIlroy's ball, and it's lift clean in place because of the uh, torrential rains that happened this week. And so he's doing that. He finally found the ball when everybody was looking on the other side of the fairway. So he plays a shot. Then he hits it between the bunker and the green, I think, and the ball ends up between the collar and the rough, and he calls for an official to come over to make sure that the ball is, you know, within legal limits or whatever. And so... The amount of time it took for the official to come from on the other side of the golf course to where Roy McIlroy was, was insane. And all those people that, the, and mind you, it's the very little amount of people that actually showed up to Pebble Beach this week. It might have been mostly the locals, but I don't think any much of anybody could have gone down there and actually participated in watching golf because of the horrible weather that was going on down there. So in that situation, why wouldn't you have a rules official in your group, and why wouldn't you have an extra pair of eyes to try to find the ball, you know, when it's supposedly embedded in lift, clean, and place situations? And it's like, it's just baffling to me. The more the PGA Tour does this, the more I'm going I'm to become disinterested, and the more of, I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, you know what, I got a golf course in my backyard, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to practice my putting, and I'm not going to waste time sitting on my duff watching people play golf when I can actually go out and practice putting on a green and, 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 and enjoy golf the way it's meant to be played and take those stupid flag sticks out and putt to a hole without a flag stick in it. And I'm just like, there's no sort of, there's no way. There's no way I can waste that much time anymore watching golf because it's such a waste of time watching golf and all the commercials. And so... Moral of the story on that, on on McElroy spending all that time trying to get the official over, was 10 minutes long. And with all the people that were down there, they spent an arm and a leg to get down there. They were inconvenienced. They had to park at Ford Ord or Laguna Seca Raceway to get shuttled over on a Greyhound bus. And then they still had to be out of there by like 4.30 or by the time the sun almost goes down. And it's like, there's no way. There's no way anybody that's a golf fan that can go to Pebble Beach to get the true experience anyway. And then on top of that, you got network coverage of a tournament that is solely dependent on revenue on commercials, and they can't even broadcast the golf. They can't even broadcast enough golf to keep the golf fan interested. So anyway, I'm just it's frustrating, and uh, I'm trying. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna hopefully next week it, it'll be good enough weather for me to actually not have to watch golf. Uh, next week when they're at Phoenix, you know, getting ready. They may, uh, you know what? Are they going to end the Phoenix Open on Saturday the way they did for the um, 
the Buke Invitational or the, the Andy Williams Invitational in San Diego because they ended that on Saturday because of the NFL Championship Games. Why not end the Phoenix Open on Saturday and then have Sunday be completely devoted to the Super Bowl? Are they doing that? Because I thought that worked a little bit. It could turn people's attention of, okay, finally, the PGA Tour is done for the day, and I can focus my attention on the Super Bowl. And it's like, you've got to think that CBS is going to do that because of the Phoenix Open being on CBS, and they're probably most likely going to run that until Saturday. The, the final round will be on Saturday. And, man, they're going to end PGA – they're going to end Pebble Beach on Monday and then probably start the Phoenix Open on Wednesday and have it end on Saturday. And then and then CBS is going to be in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Man, that's crazy. That is crazy. It'll be fascinating to see what CBS does. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening. God bless, and always remove those stupid flag sticks from the putting green. I'm so sick of those stupid putting green flag sticks. This is the Knackered Golfers Podcast Radio Network. Oh, get in there. Nice. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the Knackered Golfist Radio Network.